Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies let it resound loud as a rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the presence has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Welcome to the Nine Points Podcast. I'm your host, B.H. Whomever and wherever you happen to be, we want to thank you for tuning in. It's our belief here at the Nine Points Podcast that humble and courageous individuals make up healthy families, which make up healthy communities, which finally gives us a healthier world to live in. We at the Nine Points Podcast receive our inspiration from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This scripture speaks to nine fruits of the Spirit of God, and it reads as follows. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. We at the Nine Points Podcast try to promote these principles by encouraging one another to apply the fruit of the Spirit within the closest relationships that make up our inner circles. In time, when these principles mature, the culture within our inner circles will promote the kind of compassionate leadership that we will need for the challenges that we will undoubtedly face in the future. Today's show is going to have two, maybe three segments, depending on how much time we have. The opening word is going to talk a little bit about violence. Um, in light of what happened in Milwaukee, um, I want to talk, I'm going to talk a little bit about gun violence, but I want to assure you that I'm not going to be political. I'm not talking Second Amendment. I'm not going down that path. That's not what's in my heart. I'm just wanting to talk specifically about the types of things the factors that go into uh, violent behaviors so that we, all of us who are affected by violence can learn how to make better choices. On um, the second segment, I'm going to talk to Generation Z about what Christianity means to them. And um, after that, if time permits, the third segment, I'm going to talk about the difference between acquiring things for right now as opposed to moving towards something better. Okay. So, again, this first segment, wanting to talk about violence. Um, one of the first podcasts that we did talked about the different functions of behavior. Um, some of the, those functions being attention-seeking, escape, tangible, and automatic. Uh, I don't want to go and spend a whole lot of time, um, you know, going into a lot of detail. I don't remember how much I talked about each of those in the first podcast, but you can go back and check it out. It was one of the first three, I believe, within the first three episodes. But basically, uh, attention-seeking behavior is kind of like what it sounds like. 
Uh, we do things for attention so that we can change the status of the way that somebody sees us or sees our needs. Um, somebody might do something for attention um, because they want you to pay more. You want want you to pay more attention to their position, to pay more attention to them. Uh, they want to do something to stand out um, and dictate how you pay attention to them. An escape behavior is something that a person engages in or a series of behaviors that a person engages in so that they can get out of a situation that's uncomfortable for them. Maybe they feel like the eyes of the world are on them. Maybe they feel vulnerable, uh, like they're about to be attacked. Maybe they feel like they're not capable of doing something that they promised that they would do. So they're willing to do a, a desperate, unconventional act to get out of that feeling of, you know, duress without without experiencing the shame or the humiliation, the teasing, the taunting that would go hand in hand with failing in this position. So that's what an escape behavior is. Tangible behaviors are behaviors that you normally wouldn't do in the regular, in the, your regular day to day life. You normally don't do those. But you know that in this particular situation, if I do these things, I can specifically get something to satisfy immediate gratification. Um, when, I, when I think about tangible behaviors, I'm thinking about, um, you know, if I'm sitting in a room and if I'm sitting in a lobby and I'd like a refreshment and there's a snack machine, you know, I get out of my, I get out of my seat, walk over, uh, look and see if they have what I like in the machine. Then I reach in my pocket to get the money. Then I press in the little code, put my money in and um, then wait for the thing, wait for the product to fall out, fall down. Then I get that product. Then I start to consume it. All, you put all of those things together. That's a tangible behavior. I know that if I do these things, I'm going to get this. Now, of course, there are some times that when you do all of that in the and the snack gets caught on the, you know, on the shield before it comes all the way down. That's a whole nother problem. But but it kind of speaks to the fact that you can engage in a behavior that you think is tangible. You can do everything right as far as you know. But but sometimes the machine isn't going to follow through with its end of the bargain. And then you're left frustrated with without getting what you commanded. Uh, without getting, you know, the, the snacks that you was looking forward to. And then finally, the automatic behaviors. Automatic behaviors are things that you do when other people aren't around. You just don't, you don't care because it feels good to you. It feels good to you and you're going to do it if somebody tells you that's a good thing or a bad thing. So again, um, you know, I prayed a little bit this week about, you know, all the families that were impacted in Milwaukee. Um, you know, the victims that died, all of the lives that um, connect with people that died on that day, um, the people that all the lives that were tied in, into that, the community of people who might not have known those people directly, but indirectly know that they had lives and they impacted somebody that they know. Um, it was, you know, it was it was very sad. It was very sad. And like I said, I prayed about it. And um, I just want us to to talk about what happens in the mind and in the heart of somebody that's about to become aggressive. 
Okay. Um, that person might feel the urge to escape feeling like they're on the spot. That person might be trying to escape the feeling of just, I can't let this, I'm not going to allow this. I'm not going to take an L this time. This time, even if somebody else doesn't like it, I am going to make sure that somebody else experiences, uh, understands and appreciates that I have a feeling on this matter and my voice matters. So regardless of the consequences, I'm going to get out of, I'm going to escape feeling like a nobody and I'm going to make everybody pay attention to what matters to me. So, um, you know, I had mentioned before uh, in the other podcast, there are people to go to school a long time, take out a, you know, spend a lot of time and, and, um, in education and become, um, become a cognitive psychologist. I mean, behavioral psychologist, behaviorist, and I respect them. And, um, and those, these four functions, um, are things that, then I learned when I was, you know, when I was studying about, uh, behaviorist principles. Um, but some people, you know, would say that these are very distinct. I've kind of, I'm of the belief that some of them blend, um, most of them, except for automatic behaviors, have some kind of attention, some kind of attention component to it, in my opinion. Um, and just the vibe, the, uh, the nature of violence, the nature of violence, the nature of aggression, I won't say violence. The nature of aggression is a lot like sexual lust. Aggression is sexual lust. Sexual lust is aggression but you just put sugar on it. You know, we say, hey, animals want to mate. It's natural. And we look in nature and say, animals compete with each other. That's natural. But sexual lust, it boils down to, I want what I want on my terms. Okay? Violence is much the same way. What do I want? Maybe I want to escape feeling like I'm always getting punked. I'm always getting bullied. I'm always getting ignored. Maybe I want to escape feeling that way. Maybe I'll feel like because I am, because I feel like uh, I'm at a certain status, a part of me uh, reinforcing uh, my power and authority over you is to express myself aggressively. You know, being assertive isn't the same thing as being aggressive, but some people have a hard time distinguishing the difference and sometimes crossing that line from being assertive to being aggressive can end up making a bad situation worse. And, um, and I just think that with the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control against these things. There is no law. You need to when you you and I, if we get used to using these principles at home. If we get used to recognizing the need to be forgiven for our mistakes, the pain that we've caused others. When we get used to using these tools 
when we're trying to teach somebody, when we're trying to learn new behaviors ourselves, then when we get in a situation where we're very frustrated, uh, where we feel like we're pushed in the corner, where we feel like we've been ignored, where we, if, if you or I feel like I absolutely positively by any means have to exert my will in this situation. If the fruit of the spirit is in your heart and in your day to day habits, your day to day habits, and you've been fortunate enough to help to create a culture that embraces the fruit of the spirit in your inner circle, then you and I would be less likely to be the person that would become desperate and and reach out and hurt so many people, so many innocent people that died, uh, so many people, innocent people die every year. Um, but I'm just sharing with you again, you know, when when Ephesians, when Galatians 5, uh, 22 and 23 says against such things, there is no law. That's the truth. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, which means patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control against such things. There is no law. Before a person engages in a horrible, terroristic, um, abusive behavior. If they replace if they replace those impulses and that attitude with the fruit of the spirit. You won't have the kind of carnage that you had in Milwaukee. You won't have that kind of carnage that has happened many times in many other places. This is why it's important. I know that this podcast does not is not a is not really a lot of fun. I know this podcast doesn't do a lot to speak about specific, very specific uh, issues that uh, that you and I have to deal with in our day to day life. And I'm doing it this way for a reason. I don't want to preach and I don't want somebody that can learn something to be turned off by um, by trying to come in and and insist that this is the only way to look at scripture or this is the only way to look at that situation that somebody else might be bringing to you. This family podcast is focused on looking within for the answers, looking within, looking at the gospel, being honest, being open to be to uh, open to learning. Being aware of the fact that we're going to be vulnerable in this life from time to time and having faith that what God says is best is something that I can actually afford to try to do in my inner relationship. It is not a guarantee that society is going to change. It's not a, a guarantee that your neighbor or somebody that treats you badly is going to change. But if you and I can allow this fruit to have its way with us, help us to walk closer to God, go to him about the vulnerability, go to him about the frustration, go to him about feeling ignored and left out, go to him about losing patience time and time again go to him about it be in the presence of others who apply these spirit uh, apply these principles to their hearts so that you can have courage and take that and share that in your family 
in your closest relationships. If this happens enough, if this happens enough, then the culture of your family is going to impact the, impact the culture of somebody else's family in a positive way. And by impacting the culture of other people in a positive way, we are by definition doing the exact opposite of what happened in that terrible situation in Milwaukee. We are touching lives in a positive, constructive way against which there is no law. So I really hope that I hope that we're able to continue to do this and get better at it. Um, being a podcast host is not my I, I'm not, not trained for this. I don't I haven't taken classes for this. Um, I, I don't really want to say what I do for a living um, because, again, even that could turn somebody off. But I'm, I'm not schooled at this sort of thing. I'm sharing what God has put on my heart. And so so that we can try to replace some of the blaming and the criticism that helps us to be more likely to withdraw or more likely to lash out in desperation. God doesn't want us to be desperate. He wants us to reflect him. So next voice you will hear, uh, we'll take a little break. And then when we come back, we will have Z time with Generation Z. And I'm going to have some fun with that because. Uh, my son, uh, um, King, he doesn't like thinking about Generation Z. He doesn't consider himself Generation Z. He just, um, he's just a, he's just a strong young man. But anyway, we're gonna take a little break and come back with Z time. All right, everybody, welcome to Z time. I am flanked once again by newbie. And it's King. Hello. All right, folks, I want to share with you guys. I've got to um, I'm going to ask Z time. These people, you got to be qualified to be a part of Z time. And what is what's the qualifications? King or newbie king? You have to be prepared to work. This is the newbie. Um, for me, if to be qualified for Z time, you have to be born between like nineteen ninety seven and two thousand ten. I know, yeah, King does not like that, but I'll, I'll uh, I was just saying that just to get the juices going. Good afternoon, beautiful people. Hi. Hello. Okay, I want to ask you guys a question that is kind of simple on the surface, but. It's not really simple when you think about it in bigger terms. And that is, what does the title Christian mean to you? What does the title Christian mean to you, King? To be a Christian, you have to be a follower. You don't just have to believe in God. Not just, not only you have to believe in God, but you also have to believe in Jesus and that he died on the cross for us, for our sins. And that we have to, and we have to be generous and nice to other people. Try to convert others to Christianity, so everyone else will know, will know more about the Son of God, who is Jesus. All right, King newbie. When you hear the term Christian, what do you think about? Oh, I think oh I'm, I'm sorry. What does it mean to you? 
that you're a follower of Christ. That's all I really have to think about Christianity is that they're a follower of Christ and they believe in God. Okay. Now you said they. Are you a Christian, newbie? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm, okay. Now let me ask you guys, how do you feel about being required to go to church and other church activities on a regular basis? I don't like going to like church on a regular basis. I wish there's some time. Like I could only go like two or three times a month, like two or three Sundays out of like a five um, week period. I wish I don't like going to church on a consistent basis because like I just don't find the point of going every Sunday, in my opinion, at least. I understand that faith in God is important. I'm not saying like going to church that you don't like have to go to. I'm not saying that I don't want to go to church. I just don't like going to church on a regular basis. Okay, King, how do you feel about being required to go to church and other church activities on a regular basis? It's important, but personally, I don't think it has to be that urgent. Like, like how, um, like how newbie said, doing it every Sunday. I mean, when you go to church, you're surrounded by, well, well, there's different types of churches. So I'll say the Christian church. In the Christian church, you're sure you're surrounded by other Christians. Who have beliefs similar to you, but they all have one core belief in common, and that is that they believe in Jesus. And um, and when you're surrounded with other Christians, others who are more experienced can teach you about the way of life to them, and um, their opinions, etc. We have Bible studies. We get we can get baptized if we want to become a follower in Christ, that type of thing. Okay. How do you feel about the part about being required to go on a regular basis? Living with with me and your mama. It's a regular. I don't I do not complain as much. I do not complain as much as others, but I really don't feel like it's necessary to go every Sunday. And I do have a Bible, and if there's a time where I won't go, where I don't go to church at all, I'm just gonna consider reading my Bible. I have. I'm currently at Jeremiah. I'm moving pretty fast. All right, thank you, King. Now let me ask you both. I'll start with you, newbie. How can going to church hurt you? I heard you say you don't like going every week. I heard. King say he doesn't like going every week. So um, what is so bad about going to church? How does it hurt you? Um, <clears throat> I just hate the singing part. Like, it's too much singing. It's too loud. It gets on my nerves the most. Like, if there wasn't so much singing in a church, I would actually respect church a bit more. And also, <clears throat> the lesson. It's not that... The lesson is important. It's just not like projected in a way that makes me feel interested in it at all if it, if they if like the pastor said like the lesson in a way that would be more intriguing to the younger people as well as the older people i would enjoy church more i'm not gonna lie but once they stop with all the singing and like making the lesson like not like not as boring and more engaging then i'd start to like church more 
Okay, King, um, since you said you don't like going to church on a regular basis, what's so bad about going? How does it hurt you? Does it hurt you? It does not hurt. In fact, some of the negativity that that's in my mind when I'm when I head into church, some of the activity in my brain is gone. And that's something I like about about the church I go to. About the disadvantages though, well, I don't see anything bad about it. I don't see any reason why it would be hurtful. I guess one thing is that that if a part of you wants to go to church, but at that moment you just you have to go somewhere to work and um go to work or something or some type of emergency pops up, well it's more likely and it depends on how desperate you are to go to that church. Whatever emergent I think that if you chose church over something something like an emergency or something, you just it makes you worry about what could have happened. But otherwise, I don't see anything wrong with it. Okay, now, King, just as you were given that explanation, and you, when you said emergency, when, literally, when you said emergency, a thought came to my mind, and it kind of um, made me think of something that I'm going to share here in a minute after I ask you this last question. Um, after I ask you this last question, why do you think that I, along with other people, insist on going to church what i mean is me and your mom say y'all going we we're going as a family and there are other families that feel like um, no matter how you feel you are a part of this family you are a part of the body of god and one of the things we do is go to church together so why do you think that i and so many others insist on going to church i'll let newbie go first because just go ahead why do you think? Um, probably because you think you because you guys want us to have a more like in depth relationship with God. But if like the kids don't want to like have a good relationship with God, then why are the parents forcing them to? Like, yeah, I think you let us go. Be- I think the only reason why you make us go is because that like, you want us to have a um, deeper relationship with God and understand that He has more of an impact on your life. I think. Okay. Same question to you, King. Why do you think that I and others insist on going to church regularly? Why do we think that it's a big deal? It's a big, I think it's a big deal for you guys because, well, kind of the same reason for newbie, except the way I see it, I see it a little bit different. Like, um... Like as you as you guys you guys want us to have a relationship either very close to your standard or even higher and that we put God first in some of our decisions that we make. Okay. All right, I like your answers. And I wanted to ask the question because I thought that you guys would tell the truth. I think you are speaking from the heart. And I don't want to spend time judging you and trying to 
I guess, talk you down or try to make you change your mind. But I'll tell you a couple of reasons that it's important. Um, You guys don't realize this, but I used to be 14 and I used to be 17. And I remember there were times when I wanted to do things besides go to church. And now I'm the age that I am. And I know that going to church is important. Now, you can tell me how you feel while you're doing it. And I can tell you how I feel while I'm doing it right now. But there's no way that you can try to say that anything that you feel or anything that you think isn't something that I felt or thought when I was your age. So I'll just start with that. Um, I know some things that you don't know right now. And the people that have been suggesting that going to church is important, they were around before me and your mama were around. And they came to understand that while there are other things that we can do with our time and while we live in a time where we can reach, uh, read the Bible on our own, we can watch televangelists on TV and through the media on the internet. Uh, we can even have Bible study and stuff during online chats. Um, all of those things are wonderful. And all of those things you can do, you know, during the regular week to get closer to God. Um, and I also add that spending time physically with other people in church, there's nothing hard. There, well, there's nothing that hurts you about that. But there is just more, I guess, more opportunities to be attempted uh, to do other things. But even with the opportunity to do other things, I still go back to what harm can it do? It's been around for a long time. There are so many people that wish they had the opportunity to worship God as they pleased without being afraid for their lives. And since we live in a place where you can do that, that kind of outweighs the, you know, the attitude of I would rather be doing something else. Also, another reason that I that I say what I do about you guys going to church regularly is because mom and daddy are not enough. We're not enough. We're not enough to help you to get closer to God. Um, we live in a real big world with talented and serious people. When you go to church, you are around talented and serious people. You're around people that have experienced a lot of things that your mom and your dad haven't experienced, and they still know God. They still come and pay respect to God, even though they might come from very different backgrounds than me and your mom. So me and your mom are not enough to help you to understand God and the complexity of God and how he's going to walk with you throughout your life. But you you have a opportunity to rub shoulders with and be influenced by other people who are as serious as you are, who care, who have as many questions as you do. And you're able to learn in ways that you can't necessarily do at home on your own time in isolation. And then finally, another reason that I would say that going to church is important and why I don't, you know, I don't, I strongly encourage it. I strongly encourage going to church scripture. 
There's stuff in the Bible that talks about the importance of going to church. Um, let's see. I, I went through and I printed off a few of my favorites. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Spurring one another towards love and good deeds and meeting together physically and holding each other accountable as some are in the habit of doing. Don't give it up. Basically, before the Internet, before televangelists, the people that whoever wrote Hebrews said that it was already circulated that some people didn't really want to do it for whatever reason. And it seemed important enough to be put in the Bible. Don't give up. Don't give that up. You spur each other together when you're together physically. It's easier to hold somebody accountable when you are with them physically and showing respect. It's a whole lot of um, fake, tough people on the Internet. As you all know, Internet trolls are real, real tough. But if you're at church you're trying to be respectful. And when you're around other people that want to be held accountable and to live by a high standard, it's easier to do in person. Another verse, another scripture is Colossians chapter three, verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the spirit. That's the singing. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. You know, I don't, I'm not a singer. I'll sing along some of the songs that I know. A lot of those other songs, it gets other people, it gets other people connected. Um, it gets other people connected and excited in a way that only a few songs like that, you know, in my experience, do that for me. Some people, they need it. They need it to start their week off. That gets them open. That gets them going. Um, kind of like if you guys have certain things you do right before something that's real important, something to get you going, get you excited. That's what the you know, that's what the singing is for. Ephesians chapter four, eleven through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So when you were talking, TJ, when you were talking about, yeah, there's a difference between saying I believe in God and saying I know Jesus. There are a lot of people that say things about Jesus that I don't believe. I believe Jesus to be the Son of God. And going to church with other people that understand and accept Jesus as the son of God, learning from each other, learning how it's learning more functional ways to look at him, to understand him, to understand his mission, to make things right uh, for all times for us and every other sinner that wants to give our life to him. It's important to understand Jesus, who he is, what he does, what he has done. 
for us and to be able to walk boldly, courageously and obediently into the world that might not know him. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. You go to church, you go to church functions to hear the word, to hear the word about Christ. That brings you closer to Christ. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. I have time to watch TV. I have time to rest in my bed. I have time to go to a game. I have time to um, go and watch a game on TV. I have time to have fellowship away from my job. I always, I can find time to do that. But if I don't make time to go to church, my boss isn't going to make time for me to do it. My other responsibilities are not going to insist that I go. I have to want to go and do it myself. James chapter one, verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Going back to what you said about if the if pastors learn how to communicate in a way that was more interesting to kids, it would be easier to accept. I would say to you that I might not talk the way that a pastor talks, but if I'm serious about what's coming out of her mouth or what's coming out of his mouth, then in time, I can appreciate what they're trying to do. I don't have to talk just like they do. I don't have to laugh at all of their jokes, but knowing what they're doing, the function of what they're doing means a lot to me. And I don't want to just be able to to uh, say, yeah, I heard this, that, or the other. I'm going so that I can listen. And that goes to something you said, TJ, when you said the word emergency. I look at church as kind of like, and you know, just figuratively speaking, like think about it as if you're getting ready to watch your favorite show and like if you was at school and you had to do a tornado drill or something like that, you need to know what you need to do. You have to pay attention. You can't just be talking when the instructors are telling you where you need to go. It's the same thing with the Bible. You can't be goofing around. You can't be joking. You can't be pretending to be asleep. You can't be talking while the teacher's talking. You can't be gossiping and still know what you need to do in an emergency. You go to church to figure out what you need to do in an emergency. You go to church to find out the right way to treat other people. And most importantly, you go to church to find out what you need to do to keep yourself healthy. So I say all of that to say, I'm very, very glad that you guys speak from the heart and and I know that you see in what you believe. And I know it because I felt that way when I was your age, too. And I believe that somebody that listens to this podcast needs to understand that your attitude might not always be this is the best place for me to be right now. There's not something I'm not going to say that you're wrong for feeling that way. I'm just saying that there's more to going to church than how you feel. There's more to going to church than the concern or confusion that you might have about my motives, or there's more to going to church than how other people act with the singing and not talking in a way that you do. So that's my 
that's my response. Um, I hope I explained why I wanted to have this conversation with you. Do you have a, you got a question you want to ask before we close this, this segment? Got a question for me? Actually, I don't have a question. I have something to say. Okay. Yeah, about about the singing, I agree. I kind of I see it more of a filler and something that makes the services longer. And the reason behind that, I don't know, but you know, I don't think it's anything bad or like they're trying to like they're trying to make us stay longer to annoy us. And they have no reason, no good reason to do so. Right. And you know that it, that's not the case. Yeah. Okay. Newbie, do you have a question or a comment? I'm going to be completely honest. I still don't see why church is that important to you guys. I know that it's important, but I don't know why it should be like top priority on like schoolwork or your health or like, your relationship with your family. Okay, and there are some people that might listen to this podcast and feel that way. And I can tell you that how you feel about your family, what you do with your family, how you learn is all related to your relationship with God. All of those things are related to your relationship with God. And if I look at my relationship with God as well, whatever, I guess this is something else I just have to do. Well, he doesn't he doesn't communicate with us. The same way, um, the same way the world communicates with us. And um, if we don't make time for him, then it's easy to get overwhelmed with all the distractions of the world. And when the world makes us feel bad or overwhelmed or confused, it's kind of hard to try to make up for all the lost time um, if we are trying to avoid God and all the different times that he could be. He could be reached before times get bad. But I thank you for being very, very honest, newbie. You're very smart, beautiful young lady, and I appreciate your honesty. And so, folks, I'm looking at this and I'm realizing that we're coming up on 25 minutes for this segment. And I believe that we covered a lot of very important ground. So instead of having three segments, this particular podcast is only going to have two, um, but I know what I, I know that I said it will be three at the beginning. But you put this twenty-four together with what I did in the first segment, and I think this is going to be long enough. So until next time, remember, treasure is to be. Wait a minute, what do I usually say? Do y'all remember? Treasure. It's about treasure and wealth. Treasure is treasure is not to um, treasure is to be shared, but wealth is to be spared. My son, King, he almost had it. He had the he got the right he got everything right in the place. You remember, newbie? Wealth is to be uh, spent. Yes, wealth is to be spent, but treasure is to be saved. Shared. Shared. Wealth is to be spent, but treasure is to be shared. God bless you. March Madness is coming up on the 17th.